whether emotionally, whether in the word, whether in worship, whether financially, and it is coming. But the scary part about it is the enemy is going to come too. And in that, he's going to come to steal, kill, and destroy your mind. So you'll pull out because what he's going to do is something you can't see. Because when God does something big, faith comes by what? Hearing. And then you have to do what after you hear? Belief. And what are you hearing? The word. The revelation of the word being given to you. And if you are converted and you have the Holy Spirit, well, then your Holy Spirit is there to convict you of the truth, to keep you submitted to what's about to happen, because that doesn't mean it's going to what? Feel good. And I feel nervous just, I'm in my heart thinking about it because he already called it for people to break through. It's a movement that if you're willing to go deep, it's going to bless you beyond what you could even imagine. When I see it, I don't know what it is in store for everybody, but you know what I know? It's a movement that everybody's going to get a great movement, something they, something that's impossible. And people have been called out in here. I love it. Charlena, I love it. Two years ago, they said, are you about to believe the impossible? And Charlena shakes and trembles because what she's going to receive is not something she thinks can even happen. And so when God calls someone to the deep, he's calling you deep. Not the person who's not saved, not the person of unbelief. He calls the what? The believer to go deep. All right? And we all are at different measures in different places. And the, you know what? We're going to hit unforgiveness tonight because that is the major topper that causes somebody to miss their destiny. This is great. We all have rejection and there's shame and there's all this other stuff. And that's all good. But you can't even get into your destiny until you have dealt with unforgiveness. It even says that you can't even make it into heaven when you see Jesus if you haven't forgiven, if you haven't worked out forgiveness. And I don't want to see anybody not make it this year because guess what's going to hold them back? Unforgiveness. Because unforgiveness already has you in a place where you can't see or hear. And you know what we learned Wednesday night in Todd's class? Todd has to teach you about a prophet every Wednesday night. You know what he taught us? God will send a lying spirit. And it's so strong, you should have seen all of us. Todd did a great job Wednesday night. He not only taught a great lesson about how when God sees you're going to rebel, and he sees you're what? Not going to do anything? In the word it says, he will send a lying spirit. He will just deceive you. And guess what that lying spirit's going to convince you? It's going to convince you to be angry. It's going to convince you to have bitterness. It's going to increase your pride. It's going to increase your complaining. It's going to increase jealousy, envy, and anger. How many people have seen that increase around them? Come on, raise your hands. It's happening all over. People who are going to be experiencing the most awesome movement, that's what they're dealing with. But we're called to what? Believe in what we can't see. And that's the deep call in the deep. Because when we've already decided what we see, well, then we've just said, I'm going to be like King Ahab, and I'm going to rebel against God. And he puts a spirit that'll tell you. God even said it was the most awesome revelation that hit me. 
We think God doesn't want to tell us. We think God wants to always tell us the truth. But when we're not ready to receive it and we're blind of it, he said, he called all the hosts and said, now who wants to go tell Ahab this lie? And all the hosts of the heavens were in front of God in his throne. That's what it says in the word. And it says, one spirit comes out. Hey, I'll do the job. (laughs) That was a spirit of darkness. It jumped out and said, I'll do the job. And you know what God said? Go. Because he saw, he gave Ahab a chastening. He had given Ahab a rebuke. He had given Ahab scourging. And we're going to talk about the scourging tonight. Because if anybody's experiencing what I'm going to teach tonight, then you know you're going to experience, here's the best part. You're going to experience something that is beyond what you can even understand. Now, who wants that? I do. I'm going to receive this year. This is a year of receiving. And we don't even, we can't, I don't even know what I'm receiving. That's what's so awesome. I don't even know the depth of what I'm receiving, but I guess what I do know. God told me about a month ago, start going deeper, deeper, because what you're going to receive, it's not going to be something you can completely understand. So I've just done what? I throw my hands up and said, guess what? I don't understand. (laughs) Man, sometimes I love being a dummy with God. I don't understand. But guess what? When he calls me to the deep, he's going to say, Lee, I'm going to call you to love harder. Because guess what? There's going to be situations where it's going to make it seem like you don't even want to what? You don't want to love what the situation is. <laughs> you know? And I feel like, you know, I could be here for seven years and I can think of all the things I've gone through, but I already know it's already started. Because it's awesome. I have already gotten such attacks. I am so, and I'm excited now. Because guess what? A true attack before you're ready to see, receive, it does, you don't feel it on the inside. You don't have the pain but you can feel all the pain around you. So you're in either three places right now. You're in either three places. First place, you're either receiving opposition or adversary, and you are feeling pain on the inside, and you're feeling the pain on the outside. That's one position. And there, God is trying to chasten you with this word tonight. He's trying to say to you, hear this word, come this way. You're either in the second position where You have grown, you get it, but then all of a sudden the tempter comes and he clothes you with pain, a pain you shouldn't even be feeling. But he starts clothing with you and then you become a victim to everybody and you're complaining and you're, I'm a poor me. You actually become clothed in pain that you've already been delivered from. So that's the second spot. And if you're there, let's be prepared for a rebuke. Be prepared for a rebuke. This word tonight could be a rebuke. But if you're in the third spot, okay, in a place where he is going to scourge, it's because you've already decided to deny the assignment because it didn't fit your picture. And how does it not fit our picture when we let anger and bitterness start taking its place? And guess what? Everybody in here has been angry. We've all been angry. We've all been bitter. Do you know what I mean? Let's, let's just clear the field on this. Somebody's hurt somebody in this room. You Nobody's opposed to being hurt. Everybody has been hurt by another person. But guess what? If you're in Christ, you recognize we're all doing what? Growing. 
We're growing. We're growing. We're supposed to be the ones with the heart that turns toward the submission to the plan. So I'd like to open up with Carrie's verse. That was awesome. Open up, put that verse up that Carrie started with because that hit me. Because if we're not communing with the Father and spending time worshiping God and staying in the word, you're not gonna be able to discern what God has already told you how to be, what to do, and what word to stand on. You're not gonna, it, it gets too, it, it can get tough. Um, no, the other one, it's before that. The one where it says, who shall not know? Who shall not, it was the question mark. I think it was 16, 19, yes. Behold, get excited. He is doing a new thing. That means you really, today, you have to drop everything and know that today he is moving towards a new thing and it what will, it shall spring forth. If you commit to this, shall you not know it? Guess what that means? There are people think that they got it and they don't got it. <laughs> and they're gonna miss it. And guess what? I'm gonna cry for you because I don't want anybody to miss this because tonight you're getting all the steps but how can you not miss it? So nobody should leave. How should you not know it? Nobody's going to be able to walk out here and say, how should I not know it? What I'm going to teach you tonight, the word I'm going to step you through, I don't want you to think about anybody else. I want you to take that word and turn it towards you. I don't want anybody to be thinking, oh, that's somebody else. No, you turn it towards you. And you deal with what is in you. And then guess what? When God deals with you, you just love people. It doesn't make a difference what they're going through. It makes you a better lover of people. And part of the test has to do with the love one. Shall you not know it? Well, everybody's going to know it tonight. I will even make a road in the wilderness. Okay, that says when he moves something to be new, you're going to be put in what? Wilderness. You're going to be put in a wilderness. And rivers in a desert. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I have to brag on Mamie and Carl <laughs> because this couple already got the breakthrough. They already got the breakthrough. They already got through something that's new for them. Here you go. And they've already given the testimony. Here is a marriage that comes in this ministry, all messed up, too much of the Holy Spirit, not, not the Holy Spirit, too much of other spirits, not enough of the word, getting all confused. They get on the right path. And guess what they find out? Everything they've done wrong to each other. She cheated on him. He doesn't really love her. It's over. And what do they do? They have to separate into sanctification. And let me tell you, the war was, we, who was here watched it? Who watched it? It was so awesome. And then all of a sudden, bam. Was it like hits? Bam. Carl was a mess. Mamie was a mess. And then all of a sudden, something happened. And it wasn't anything we did. Because one plant's. Another water, and guess who shall spring forth a new thing? God. Only God could have done what he'd done to Mamie and Carl. But you know what they did? They took the beatings. They were Mamie came in here crying like this. I can't do this. I can't do this. And then Carl's like, I don't want her anymore. I don't want her anymore. They didn't want, they didn't want each other anymore. I was like, okay, Gene, how are we going to handle this one? He goes, God is in it. God is in it. And then all of a sudden, I don't even know how the day happened. God hit this place, shift, 
Mimi and Carl up here renewing their vows. They're on a cruise. <laughs> I mean, they really love each other. We actually had a class here. He goes like this and he, he kisses like this and blows it to Mimi. She blushes. <laughs> now, I am just going to tell you something. That is God. Because anybody who knew all the details, that was what? Impossible. But God is the God of the impossible. They move through what they could not see. So I have to praise God for Mamie and Carl because, but I also have to really, I also have to really give credit to Mamie and Carl for doing what? Not, they, what they did is they beheld a new thing and they did not give up on the plan of God. And so now they already have experienced a breakthrough. Now they're just gonna, they're gonna be coasting the rest of this year. In fact, we, we all might be needed to go talk to Mamie and Carl. You know what I mean? When we have our experience. But that's how God hits. He says, I come like a whirlwind. And then he lands his truth. But he can't land his truth if you leave it. You can't leave what you're going to have to go through. You've got to bear with it. So praise God. Go to, I was going to put up the, the lying spirit thing. But if anybody wants to know to check that out, that is 2 Chronicles chapter 18. It's an awesome story. I think it was, it was just excellent to me. Um, put up Romans 5.5, 5, please. Romans 5.5. 5. All right, so is everybody excited or nervous? <laughs> I hope I made you both excited and nervous. It says, new hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in your hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So now get this. If you're happy and your life is a mess, guess what I know is working in you? The Holy Spirit. Because you've already recognized there's no disappointment in the Holy Spirit. So no matter what he's changing in your life, what he's moving, if it's God, he's trying to get the love of the Holy Spirit in you so you won't be what? Disappointed when the tragedy or the effect of whatever you're dealing with is coming towards you. All right? But that, come on, that's hard, right? I can say that. But that's not an easy word to believe in. I had to meditate on that one a lot. And I would meditate on it and meditate on it and meditate on it. And then no matter what was happening to me, I kind of was like, okay, if I'm disappointed, then that means there's a place in my heart God doesn't have. And that means I'm not mad at the person. I'm mad at God. Isn't that amazing? If you're mad at a person, you're not mad at that person. You're mad at God. Because there's a disappointment sitting there, a spot that, the, that God does not have yet in you. Because if God had that spot, there is a love that he will pour into you so that their hope will not disappoint. Because he already knows the enemy comes to bring what? Disappointment. So is everybody following along with this? You got this? All right. Go to, we're going to go to Jonah. How many people know the story of Jonah and the whale? It's got all the answers. It's so beautiful. <laughs> I love the story of Jonah and the whale because... The Lord gave this to me a week and a half ago. Now, I have read Jonah and read Jonah, but he said right now in the body that the enemy is going to come to steal, kill, and destroy through unforgiveness because if he can do it through unforgiveness, guess what? You don't hit your what? Destiny. You can have shame and rejection and still be dealing with that, but if you have unforgiveness, he can't move you in your destiny. So guess what? The lying spirit will come and make you think what your destiny really is. And we don't want to be there. We want to, like, we want to stop this in the tracks. Because he says in Jeremiah, he will continually test the minds and test the hearts of his believers. 
those who believe in him, who are converted with the Holy Spirit, your heart walk, your test of love is continually what? Tested. It's continually tested. All right, let's open up with Jonah, verses 1 through 3 to start. And if you want to open up your Bibles, I'd highly recommend that if you want to mark this because we're going to be staying mostly in Jonah. I only have two other verses after. But this revelation is so awesome. And when I ministered to um, a person on this, you could feel the spirit go through the phone and it really changed this person. It was awesome. Um, Go ahead and put all three together. Do they fit? Jonah 1 through 3. All right, it says, now the word of the Lord, and can you turn the music just slightly down? Actually, if you can also change it too, if you put it to, um, you got me. Okay, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, saying, arise and go to Nineveh, the great city, and proclaim against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Now, isn't that interesting? He's saying that they're a great city, but their wickedness has come up before me. Now, I'm going to tell everybody in here, everybody in here is a Nineveh. Everybody in here is a great city that God does not want to let go of. Everybody in here is a great city. But sometimes, as we're working it out, guess what comes before God? Our sin, our wickedness, it comes before God, right? And it says, I love it. It says, he gives him an assignment because Jonah's a prophet. He says, now arise and go to Nineveh, the great city, proclaim against it for their wickedness has come up before me. That does not sound good. Okay. He's telling to send a guy to go proclaim against it. But Jonah rose up and he flee to Tarshish from the beginning in the, from the beginning, from being in the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa. All right. The moment Jonah got the assignment, no offense, the first thing he says, no way. (laughs) I do not want to do this. Now, we don't know yet why Jonah doesn't want to do it, but he doesn't want to do it. So he rose up and he decided to go to Tarshish and he left the presence of the Lord. Now, We are all born-again believers. We're all born after Jesus Christ. We all have the Holy Spirit in us. We can repress our Holy Spirit to deny God's plan because our soul's not renewed yet. So we're pressing down the truth, pressing down the truth because we're dealing with ourselves. But Jonah obviously had unforgiveness because he's like, hey, I am not going this way. I am going to go to Tarshish. And he was knowing he was leaving the presence of the Lord. When we're not in our assignment, guess what we don't have with us? The presence of the Lord. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the indwelling, infilling power of the Holy Spirit. But God can't go. You know, if we are in our mission, he goes ahead of us. If we choose to go away from the other mission, he has to go like this. He has to lift his hand. And that means we have no providence. Providence means protection. He still loves us. But he says, I, and, and you know what? He's going to start, now we're going to start the chastening, the rebuking, and the scourging for Jonah. Because God chose him to be the one to love Nineveh. A great city. But Nineveh, he didn't like the wickedness of Nineveh. It says, and this is interesting, he rose up to flee to go to Tarshish. This was awesome. I looked up Tarshish. Guess what the definition of Tarshish was? 
I'm not even sure if I'm saying it right. Tarshish, am I saying it right, Tom? Tarshish, okay. <laughs> it says, it says, a long, it's a, Tarshish is a city far across the sea from the land of Israel. Now, I want everybody to think about this. We want to stay in what? Israel. Because we're called to be Israel. But if you're going to Tarshish, you're moving away from where your promised land is. And it's far, it's in the word, far away from the land of Israel. So he even knew he was going far away. And then get this, Tarshish is a town that was well equipped with gold and metals and all the things that you would want in life. He says, I'm not gonna go to Nineveh where they're wicked. I'm gonna go to Tarshish where they're prospering. I'm gonna go there because I'm gonna have better housing. I'm gonna like it there. They have gold, they have silver, they've got everything. Hey, everybody was jumping and taking trips to Tarshish because they wanted to experience and gain what God already has for you. I love this. He was running to go get it for himself without even doing the assignment of God. He was getting ahead of God. So Tarshish from being in the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish, the most remote of the so-and-so trading places then known. So he paid the appointed fare and went down into the ship to go with them to Tarshish from being in the presence of the Lord. Now, please go back to that. Just, I think just number, it says, so he paid the appointed fare. Okay, how do you know you're fleeing from something? You just paid your ticket to enforce what you're fleeing from. I want everybody to really think about that. Because love, time, and money. When you desert love, time changes, and guess what? You actually take money, and you actually hand it over to the lie. And you actually make a commitment to go the other way and flee. I want you to think about sometimes when you knew that you shouldn't have bought that sweater at the store, right? Something like that. <laughs> and you knew God wasn't telling you to go shopping, and you do what? Paying this, paying this, paying this. All right? I want you to think about times that you have paid money to go flee the other way when God already had a greater plan you couldn't see. But the moment you paid the fare, guess what happened? Now you have to take the ride. And it's not a good ride. Once he paid the appointed fare, Jonah rose up and fleed to Tarshish from being in the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa, found a ship. I love it. And he paid the appointed fare. That scares me. Because the moment you pay the fare, the lying spirit starts talking to you. <laughs> it's so sad. Because you are now, if you don't get your scourge, you're going to miss God. Appointed, appointed fare. That means there's money you have put out to go against what God's word says. <laughs> it makes me sad. Because unless you can repent and change the way, you're going to have to go a different way. So he paid that appointed fare. He went down to the ship to go with them. He went down into the ship. When the Lord taught me about the cedars of Lebanon, he said there was a threat against the cedars. Cedars, Lebanon means elevation. He said there was a threat against them. The threat was exploitation, and the threat was goat grazing. 
Goat grazings mean we stay in a place and we don't move. We become stubborn and we ignore God, what he's saying. But the exploitation is when you pay the fare and you exploit. Those ships are made out of the cedars of Lebanon and they were being, people would get the cedars of Lebanon to build the ships so people could go to Tarshish and flee from their assignments. How many, how many, how many of us have experienced the enemy exploit us? through our own unforgiveness, through our own anger, through our own bitterness, because somewhere he gets you to react and go right against what God is trying to tell you to hold on to. Because it's an, un, I love this, For, un, unforgiveness is an unknown spot. That means you don't know why it's happening. It's unknown, so give up. Throw yourself down, call on to God. Let him do the miracle. Because there are people who are going to get miracles this year. This ministry is about miracles with the changes of your life. Changes, major changes. He goes on to say, he went down into the ship to go with them to Tarshish from again. How many times does we have to read this, right? He doesn't say it once. He says it twice. From being in the presence of the Lord as his servant and minister. The word says in Thessalonians that if we are consecrated and that we are converted and the Holy Spirit dwells in us, then that means there's some people in here going through torment if you've paid the fare. And you deep down know, deep in deep, that this may feel good, but it's not the right move. He's calling the deep to the deep, and he's going to break this year, anger, bitterness, envy, pride, jealousy, complaint. He's going to break that. So you can actually now function in your destiny. Or are you going to take a tip to sh- a ship to Tarshish and make your own destiny? Because we all got gifts that we can make our destiny. Because guess what? Our gifts come what? Irrevocable. That's why he says, I don't care about the gifts. We care about the gifts more than God cares about the gifts. He needs a clear vessel to use the gift. And if you've already painted a, paid an appointed fare, to move away from the destiny, and you think it's God, tonight, rethink your thinking. Renew your mind. And how do you know you are angry? How do you know you have bitterness? There is somebody you can think of right now you hate. Right there, you know you've got something going on. You can close your eyes right now think of somebody you hate. You can close your eyes and think of something that's making you mad about another person. I'm not saying we don't get angry, but I am saying that if you hope in Christ, the love of God will pour upon you by the Holy Spirit that's in you and preserve you through the move. Preserve you, not because it was going to be easy. It's not supposed to be easy. If it was supposed to be easy, guess what? Everybody would be doing it, (laughs) right? Everybody would be doing it. We have a world that is so angry because the moment light Truth and love, your destiny come close, boom. The enemy in us rises up. We all have it. Like that's the one thing. And you know what it hits? It hits your emotions. Because we can get real far with God. And then when it hits your emotions, you just get, that's it, this is done, I'm going to do it. And you start moving towards fleeing. And guess what you do? You start paying a fare. You actually start paying a fare, putting money into this movement that what you're fleeing from. I want everybody to really think about that. 
If you have put money into something that moves you away from the destiny because of anger and bitterness, you're in Jonah's spot. And this is what happens to Jonah. Go ahead and give me four through eight. It says, but the Lord, I like this. Okay, this is what's happening tonight. This is what we're doing now. But the Lord sent out a great wind upon the sea. And there was a violent tempest on the sea so that the ship was about to be broken. What is he doing? He already has told him what to do. So now he's sending out a what? A storm. That's what I'm saying. If you paid the fare, guess what's happening? I'm excited for you. A storm. Because I love this. If there's a storm coming, then that means what? He's trying to get you back on track because he loves us. None of us are lost. And there was a violent tempest on the sea so that the ship was about to be broken. I like it. He's going to break off some anger and unforgiveness. Then the mariners were afraid and each man cried up to his God, not God. Okay. What is his God? His God is something else we believe more in than what the word of God has taught us. Then that means it's a God. If there is something that you think about more or you have to do more than the word God has revealed to you, then that's the God you're calling to. Sometimes a God can be a family member. Sometimes a God can be our ministry. Sometimes a God can be another person. Sometimes God can be our children. Sometimes God can be a holiday, <laughs> right? We can drop things that we're supposed to do because we feel we need to go do this because why? It's a holiday. Okay, I want, you, I want everybody to think about that. Sometimes a holiday can become our God. All right, so it says, each man cried to his God. They cast the goods that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah, Jonah had gone down into the inner part of that ship and had laid down and was fast asleep. Now, guess what? When you are running from God and you've paid the fare, you are convinced you're on the right track, aren't you? So Jonah didn't care about the storm. He says, I'm going to go down and do what? Not because I'm okay. I'm doing what I'm going to do. Now, isn't that amazing? He didn't even know the storm was going to affect all these other people in the ship. The storm came and affected everybody in the ship. But, at this, but he was so blinded to what was going on. He's like, hey, this is just a storm. I'm hanging down at the bottom. So the captain came and said to him, what do you mean, you sleeper? Arise. When we make decisions and we connect to it and we pay that fare, we automatically, we've, we've given up. We've decided and we just, we rest in that. We actually start resting in the lie. How many people have done that? Come on. Everybody has done that. I mean, I have done that. And when you rest in the lie, it says you really have no under concern because you know that you really can't go back. I loved it. Mamie and Carl had the opportunity to rest in a lie. But instead, they kept what? Pushing through. And then the Lord did something that we're all just like, it takes our breath away. It took our breath away what he did with them. I know, Dr. Lee, you were here during the foot washing. I'm going to tell you that deliverance changed everything. And then they renewed their vows. But it was orchestrated by the Lord. It says to call upon our God. Perhaps your God will give a... Okay, I missed something. Okay. What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise. Call upon your God. 
God, call upon your God, capital G. He knew Jonah was a prophet. We're all prophets of God. There isn't anybody in here. You may have to, it's working, but everybody in here has a prophetic call in their heart. We all can hear the Holy Spirit. Perhaps your God will give a thought to us so that we shall not perish. And they each said to one another, come, let us cast lots that we may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots and I like it. God's going to expose them, right? He's going to expose them. They cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. Jonah is the one who's disobedient. Okay, God was still going to what? Call him out. So guess what? If there's anybody in here, be prepared. If you know you have fleed an assignment, what's going to happen? Remember, I told you tonight, I'm going to show you how you'll know. And if you haven't been called out yet, guess what's coming next? God's going to call you out. He does it to, he, he, because we are sons and daughters of God, he's going to do it because he what? Loves us. Because he loves us. But I want everybody to be prepared because I want everybody to get through this with the most, where everybody, I believe at the end of this year, we're all going to be like, oh my God, do you believe that happened? Do you believe this happened? And we're going to be all so excited because everybody's going to testimony, oh, I almost paid the fare. I almost gave up. Oh, I got called out. People, are, you're going to start noticing, where are you? Will you know it? Shall you know what's coming? It says, then he said to him, tell us, we pray you, on whose account has this evil come upon us? What is your occupation? <laughs> where did you come from? And what is your country and nationality? Okay, when you get called out, everybody wants to know your business. <laughs> Who are you? What, what, why are you causing this storm, right? Okay, because God is going to reveal the lie and give you the rebuke. Now we're at a rebuke. He is, the captain came. He is calling him out. Go to the next. Uh, don't go, I don't want you to go too far too much. All right, you're, actually, I want you to go down to, you don't have to continue anymore. Go to 1, Jonah 1, verse 15, up to chapter 2. I think it's 15, 16, 17. Okay, we're just going to jump ahead a little bit. All right, so now that they identified Jonah, all right, Jonah said to them, throw me off the sea. Just throw me out in the ocean. Throw me. I am, I don't even, he... Jonah still doesn't even want to take the rebuke. He's like, just show me, throw me out in the sea. But then they're like, no, we can't kill somebody. <laughs> they actually start talking. They're like, hey, we can't throw him off. Even though he's the guilty party, we can't be murderers. So they begged to God. They begged to God. And he says, you've got to throw me over. So it says that they took up Jonah and they cast him into the sea. And the sea ceased from its raging. Now I'm going to remind you. If you're connected to somebody that has paid the fare and you're on their ship, guess what's going to happen to the, what's it called in the legal world? Um, accomplice. Right. I like that. Right. The accomplice is going to feel the same pain. I like it. But okay. But when it, the transition happens, the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men, here's the awesome thing, the ones who are the accomplices, then the men reverently and worshipfully and feared the Lord. They saw God was real. So guess what? This is what the best part is. 
if you have already paid the fare and you're on the ship and you've got your people who really don't believe that are pushing you along to do whatever you're doing, right? When God shows up and you, there's a shift, do you know you're going to make a believer out of somebody? Isn't that awesome? He doesn't waste our time. He doesn't waste our time. Aren't you laughing? There isn't any, F, any negative thing that happens in your life that he still doesn't save another life by them watching what you're going through. By them watching what you're going through. You're like, Gina always says, sometimes I have to back away. Don't get involved. Let God do what God's going to do. But there will always be a believer, somebody who had unbelief, believe. Okay, so let's get excited, right? All right, I want you to get excited. Our mistakes are God's platforms to save people. Okay, so I want you to get excited. So this is where, I love it, it says, the Lord, okay, then the men, they worshipfully feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord, and they actually started making vows to him. They actually start committing to God. It says, now the Lord has prepared and appointed a great fish, because now here's the scourge. He, Jonah just wants to be done with this. He's great to die. He's okay to be thrown over. He just wants to be dead. Instead of going to Nineveh, he would rather what? Die. How many times have we ever, I mean, I've done it. I mean, I tried to kill myself once. So there are times that we're in something that we actually think it would be better off to be what? Dead than have to go do what God is calling you to do. All right. And what God is usually calling you to do, you already vowed to do it. So here, he's got you, but sometimes there are situations that you're not in control of, and you would just rather be dead. So it says, now the Lord prepared and appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. Okay, so now, if you are in Christ, and your heart is converted, and you know the Holy Spirit dwells within you, and you surrender to God at this moment, you know in three days you're going to experience your miracle. You're really going to experience a miracle, which is putting you back to the assignment you were called to. It's not the full miracle you're going to receive. You're just going to, in three days, you're going to die, be buried, and then resurrected back into the same assignment. Okay, that doesn't sound good, does it? <laughs> but that's the truth. You get resurrected back into the same assignment. In fact, it says, go to the next two verses, that for three days and three nights, then Jonah prayed to the Lord and his God from the fish's belly. And he said, I cry out of my distress to the Lord. And he heard me out of the belly of Shiloh cried, I and you heard my voice. Okay, that's how bad you don't even want to go back and do what you're called to do. <laughs> but you know you're in such a scourging. You do what? Cry up to God in your distress. We've all been there. Everybody has been in a place where they have, they have been in your bed, curled up, crying to God. And then he's like, if you just let this be done, let me put you back where you belong. All right? So I just want to warn, if anybody's on this path, you're going to, he already has a great fish prepared to swallow you up. I'm not saying that to make you scared. I'm just saying, I want everybody to not get what? Swallowed up. I want everybody to, let's, let's, let's hit it for being chastened. Let's hit it for being um, rebuked. Let's get this before it gets us. Because go to, now we're going to skip a couple. He goes and he prays and he prays 
and he prays, and he even says, when my soul fainted within me, go to verse 7, 8, and 9 for chapter 2, 7, 8, and 9. When my soul fainted upon me, crushing me, I earnestly and seriously remember the Lord, and my prayer came to you and your holy temple. Those who pay regard to false, useless, and worthless idols forsake their own source of mercy. He's only in that whale because he was going after his own false, useless, worthless idols, and he was forsaking his own source of mercy. Who is the God of mercy? Right? He, his mercy endures forever. So when he asks you to do something, he's going to give you grace. He's going to give you mercy. He's going to give you everything you need to do. But are you going to forsake the mercy and his loving kindness that he wants to give to you during that moment? Hope does not disappoint because the love of God is poured on us by the Holy Spirit that's in us. If he is in you, you're... You've got mercy. You've got love and kindness. It doesn't make a difference how bad it is. He says you're already going to get it. But if you pay the fare and go the other way and go through all these things and you have to go through it, you are forsaking the source. You're turning around. You are saying, that's great. You have all that for me, but I'm out. I'm not doing it. But as for me, I will sacrifice you with the voice of thanksgiving. That means in the fish, he is going to thank him, thank him. I will pay that which I have vowed. I'm going to tell you, if you have made a vow unto God in the presence of God, with God, and you have a covenant in God, you can't leave it unless God ends it. If you have done that, he says, you have to turn back. His mercy will be right there. His grace will be right there. He's going to do an Im impossible because you're walking in faith in him. It says, I will pay that which I have vowed. Salvation and deliverance belong to who? The Lord, not you. Salvation does not belong. He is the Savior. So you can't, you can't make decisions for yourself anymore. You do not own yourself. He owns you. But if you've made a vow, then that means he knew you were going to make that vow, whether you like it or not. Whether you have a contract with somebody or an agreement, whatever it is, you got to follow through to the what? Whatever the agreement of that contract was. People need to really think about what they've made agreements to because God says, hey, as you walk through, I know you're going to get angry. I know you're going to have bitterness. I know there's going to be envy. I know there's going to be a pride. But this is what I'm using to deliver you. Don't take the moment away from him. You're denying God his supernatural moment in your life. And he wants to do it. He said salvation and deliverance belong to the Lord. Go ahead and move to chapter 3, verses 1, 2, and 3. And we're almost through this. It says, And the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. Arise, because, oh, I missed this one. It says, so the Lord's, this is before, actually, I needed verse 10. Thank you. I needed verse 10. After Jonah called up and gave God the credit for what God is supposed to do, 
he says, the salvation and deliverance is yours, it's not mine. Then the Lord spoke to the fish, and what did he do? And it vomited Jonah out upon what kind of land? Dry land. Okay. So even though this is awesome, in the scourge, Jonah changed his way. He says, okay, I'm on your plan. I don't want to do it. <laughs> I still don't want to do it. But salvation is yours. It's not mine. So then the fish did what? Vomited him out onto dry land. Because why? He's still not happy. He still doesn't want to be where that situation is. Next three verses. And the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second, a second time. He says, now I'm going to give you the instruction again. All right? Now I'm going to give this to you again. Are you, now, here we go. Here's the plan. Saying, arise and go to Nineveh. That what, everybody? Great city. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a great city. You're a great city. You're a great city. And preach and cry out to it the preaching that I tell you. That means don't go to that land and go do say what you want to say. You go to that land. I'm going to tell you, most of our problems are with people. <laughs> so, really, all I want, well, sometimes it's with jobs, but then it has to do with people. All right? I guess if it's our kids, it's people. All right? So sometimes you have to go to that dry land, and you can't talk unless he what? Tells you what to say. All right? I want everybody to think about this, because God is going to challenge everybody tonight. If you are in any of these places, let him spit you out, and do not talk unless he tells you to. Be silent so he can be the salvation that you are called. So Jonah arose. He went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city of three-day journey, six miles. Go to the next two verses. So now he couldn't take a ship. He couldn't use exploited, limber, lump, uh, exploited um, timbers. He actually now had to go what? Walk it out. He had to walk it out, walk it out. And guess what's happening? Anger, bitterness, enviness, complaining to the air. Come on, haven't we all been there? Right? There's my three-day journey to, to Richard. <laughs> I don't want to see Richard right now. I don't want to talk to Richard. Blah, 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 blah. I get to Richard. I can't say anything until the Lord tells me to speak. <laughs> if Richard and I were in a disagreement, do you get what I'm saying? If I had a problem with, which I don't have a problem, Richard's my father of faith. This man has so much faith. But if I had a problem with Richard, I'd be, uh, 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 uh. I get to Richard and my assignment is to do what? Close my mouth. Don't say anything. Okay? Even if it's steaming in you. He's trying to help you build your patience. He's trying to set up your deliverance. He's trying to help people. All right? So it says... And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried. Now, here's the challenge. Yet 40 days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. That's what God told him to say. 40 days he was to cry out to the city, and you will be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed in God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them, even to the least of them. Now, isn't that beautiful? So he proclaimed it. I don't know where you all are, but I'm proclaiming 40 days for everybody in this room. And you know how God even, God stamped on this last night? I had to go to Emily's house 
Emily's babysitting <laughs> um, the kids for um, Carl and Mamie. So I said, Emily's never babysat that many kids, and I'd be intimidated too if I was Emily's age. <laughs> you know, to have to end a baby. So I said, I'll come and I'll make dinner and we'll eat. Well, she's like, yeah, Todd goes with me. And Todd, and this awesome how back this up. We go there, and they were saying they wanted to watch this movie, Courageous. You guys know the movie, Courageous? Okay, awesome. Well, there's another movie. So when we put in Courageous, it had the preview to your favorite movie, The Football Player. What's it, The Giants? Okay, but then it had a preview for a movie called Fireproof. Who's seen it? Have you seen it? Oh, my God. Everybody's got to see it because it's an awesome movie. And it said it was about a couple who had a terrible man. He screamed at her. He yelled at her. It was abusive. But guess what happened? The father who got saved came to him and said, do 40 day a dare of love. And he's like, no, I want a divorce. She gets the papers. She pays the fare. She, they deliver the papers, right? And then all of a sudden, it was so awesome. It's so awesome. He didn't want to do it. She didn't. I mean, well, she's, she was the one that was not the, he was the one that had to do it. But the, the movie was so powerful that when God entered in and he went like this, like Jonah, and did the job, it was so, I, I just don't even want to tell you the story because it, it'll change every marriage. I'm not even married, and it's changed my marriage. I'm not even married to the man yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, it says, you can buy this online. I checked it out today. You can buy the book, The 40-Day Dare. It's all biblical. And it says, if you do this today, if you do this today, if you do that, and don't expect anything. Don't talk. <laughs> man, I, could play, I was crying. Todd will tell you. I mean, intercession crying. I was like, oh. you know how it sounds like when I'm laughing? I am down. I am, I am down. I was like, oh my gosh, because Todd didn't even know what God already gave me. And I already helped two people. I said, 40 days, 40 days. I didn't even know about the 40 day love dare test, right? Well, I, Todd's driving with me. I was like, oh, can you get that book? Let's get this. Oh my gosh, we need to, you know what I mean? Did maybe Carl watch this movie? It's at their house. If they had already watched that movie, I'm wondering if they watched that movie because they wouldn't have never been where they were at if they watched that movie. Have you seen that movie, Dr. Lee? I'm so excited about this movie. It is fireproof. And I'm going to tell you, it's a, it has been around a long time. I kept asking Todd, when was this movie made? When was this movie made? Like, it's everything we teach in here. And I don't care what it is. It could be cigarettes. It could be a bad relationship. There is something God is calling you deep within deep to trust him to break it. So he can give you the deliverance and salvation and move you in your what? Destiny. Because the only reason you're in a belly of a fish is because you're angry. The only reason you're in a belly of a fish is because you're bitter. <laughs> because we've all been there. We've all been in positions that we actually invited on ourselves. And guess what? Read 2 Chronicles 18. When God sees you won't do it, he sends a lying spirit and releases you to go fully. And people do it. They go and they flee. And usually it's because after they paid the fare, they can't hear anybody else anymore. They can't hear. Your hearing goes. You paid the fare. Look at Jonah. He paid the fare. What? He was sleeping at the bottom of the boat. Could care less about the storm. Because he became ignorant to even a storm was happening. Emily, wasn't that a great movie last night? Fireproof. 
it showed me that if anybody is willing to really trust God, whatever's going on in your life, you'll wait 40 days. And you will not speak unless God tells you what to say. You will do only what God tells you to do. You will submit to the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, I'm not anybody thinking about anybody else but themselves. Because it's about you. It's about each and every one of us. I'm taking the 40 day. I'm applying that to myself. I'm not just up here trying to tell anybody they need to do it. I need to do it too. 40 days. What is on your mind? What are you not trusting God? The Lord showed me this. This is so awesome. It's the best way to say it. There are counterfeit lies to real truth. A sacrifice for a lie is blindness. Blind spot of rejection. Rejecting God's word for the lie. A lie fills the place where truth belongs. You either are one. You have to admit that it's a lie. And there are two things that are happening. One, you did not hear the voice of God. Nor you did you seek his approval for what you're about to do. And second, or you did not obey God because he already spoke to you once. I want everybody to really think about what's going on in their lives. Because God, if he speaks once, he speaks what? Twice. He brought it to Jonah, said you have to go back and now do this. Now, the interesting thing about Jonah, I love this. Jonah still really did not like Nineveh. <laughs> he went and did the job. He did not like Nineveh, and he was displeased. He was so angry with God that this is what God did. Verse 4, give me the all the way to the end. Oh, just, okay, hold on. I'm sorry. I just don't want to miss the, this part. Give me three, five through seven. Five through seven. So the people of Nineveh believed in God, and they proclaimed a fast. They put on the sackcloth, and from the greatest of them, even to the least of them, for the word came to the king of Nineveh. Now, it didn't only come to Jonah. Now, the king agreed to it. The king agreed to it. So that means two have to come what? In agreement. For when the king of Nineveh, he had, of all that had happened to Jonah and his terrifying message from God, the king did what? Arose from his throne. He laid his robe down, covered himself with sackcloth, sat in ashes, and he made proclamation and he published through Nineveh by the what? Decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water. So guess what? There is power in fasting. And the moment Jonah gave out the instruction, the king came into agreement. Now they have an agreement. He put out the decree. That's what we have to do with the word of God. There's a word that God has already given you what to do and how to do it. So now you actually have to come in agreement with the king. Jesus already gave you the decree. Now you've got to come into agreement with the king of kings. And now your only word should be the word he's told you to stand on for your situation. And he hasn't told anybody to abort their situation. That would be a lying spirit. He has a word. And if you want it, the deep will seek the deep 
and they will, they will not move because they know the hope of God, the Lord of our salvation, will do it. They can't do it. He's going to do it. All right, go to chapter 4. We're going to. But it's a please. Now let me take that back. Go to verse 10. Go to verse 10. 310. This is the next order. 310 says, and God saw their works, Nineveh's, and they turned from their evil way, and God did what? Revoked his sentence of evil that he had sent to Nineveh. He would do to them, and he did not do it, for he was comforted and eased concerning them. Isn't that awesome? He did something that was impossible. Nineveh actually turned their way of thinking. They changed their way. And you know, guess how many people lived in Nineveh? 120,000 people. One obedient act saved the lives of 120,000 people. Do me a favor. Go to uh, Matthew chapter 12. I think it's verse 38, 39. And this is the verse that the Lord first showed me in all this revelation. Sometimes as we're going through our change and we know that God is going to make a great moment in our lives, we ask God for a sign. How many people have asked God for a sign? Hmm? To tell you, hey, is this the right? Is this really you? Is this what's going on? They've asked God for a sign. And the Lord had showed me, it's Matthew... 38, it says, but then some, okay. Then some of the scribes and the Pharisees said to him, teacher, we desire to see a sign or a miracle from you, proving that you are what you claim to be. What did he claim to be? He is our savior. He is our deliverer. He changes things in our lives. We don't change and we come into agreement with him. It says, but he replied to them, an evil and adulterous generation. Do you know what an adulteress is? Somebody who is lustful. What is lustful? I love it. It was, in, it was in fireproof. Somebody who has to control something. If you are trying to control something God has told you to do or how to do it and do it your way, you're an adulteress. You are aborting God. You are actually having an affair on God with something you want. Not what, and, it, and guess what? What you want? is a piece of what God wants to give you. But you're already setting it up in the way you want it. So I loved it. Fireproof, it was awesome when the father said, when he talked about that. He said anger was what? Hate. Hate was murder. Do you know what I mean? So if you're going to hate the assignment, you're murdering the people. Just think of it, because Jonah hated Nineveh. He could have murdered how many people? 120,000. Could have been dead out because Jonah did not want to do what he was asked to do. It says, but he replied to them, an evil and adulterous generation, a generation morally unfaithful to God. Man, we're so big on picking on everybody. Do you know what I mean? Are we being faithful to God? That's what counts. Are we being faithful to God? It says, seeks and demands a sign, but no sign shall be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. It says in this day, right now, how do you know if you are an adulterous, evil generation looking for a sign, because you'll be in the same situation as the prophet Jonah. Next verse. 
It says, for even as Jonah was what? Three days, three nights in the belly of the sea monster, so will the Son of Man. Everybody in here is the Son of Man. So the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The deep going deep. He's going to call some of us into the heart of the earth. So we can do what? What did he have to do in the heart of the earth of the belly? Cry out. Because you can't do what he's going to do. He just needs your agreement. He knows you're going to be in pain. The men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation. And Nineveh will condemn it. That means if you get over it, you become the great city. And because you stand doing what God has told you to do, just your standing will condemn people. It will condemn them to come back and do what they're called to do. He says, for they, what did Nineveh do? Repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, someone more greater than Jonah is here. Who's here? Jesus. Jesus is here. We have Jesus in us. Jonah didn't even have Jesus in him. Okay, but he says, we're still going to have to do it the same what? Way. But we have somebody greater than Jonah to come and talk to us. We have the Holy Spirit who's preaching in us, talking into our ears, telling us what to say, how to do it, if we're willing to do what? Submit. Surrender. There is something everybody is dealing with. And guess what? Guess what's going to change in how many days? 40 days. 40 days. I'm going to tell you, I can't believe I watched that movie last night. I've had this for over a week. 40-day dare love test. Google it. If you haven't seen the movie Fireproof, go get it. I wanted to order. I told Ted, I need to order 10 conferences. We need to be passing this out. Because it says someone more greater than Jonah is here, and that's Jesus. Jesus is alive. He is in us because hope does not disappoint because the love of God is in us. It's poured onto us because it's in us. That means it's okay to have unbelief. It's okay not to believe. It's not okay not to listen what you're going to receive, you can't believe. I can't believe what I'm going to get. I don't know what I'm going to get. But guess what I know? I'm willing to take the beating of what I'm going to get because it doesn't come easy and it doesn't come what? Lightly. I'm going to have to take it. Man, somebody yelled at me the other day for somebody else. I did what I do. I took it. <laughs> and I kept saying, thank you, God, because this is the way it's got to be. But Jesus is in me, so I don't, Jesus is in me, so I don't have to get too worried about anything, right? Okay, my button just went undone. All right. Okay, I wanted to read something. I read this cute little story. And this, I'm going to tell you, it's like a joke, but it's not a joke, it's a, true, it's a story. A man had four children. You like this? Okay. And he had a really special tree out in the woods, all right? So he takes his first son, and he says, son, it's wintertime. Now go out to that tree. Tell me what you think. All right, so the sun goes to the tree. It's winter time. The tree looks what? Dead. So he looks at it up and down. He goes back to his dad. Oh, dad, I think the tree's dead. <laughs> okay, remember, these are little kids. I think this tree's dead. You might have to get rid of it. I don't know if we should keep it on the property. Blah, 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 blah. He says, okay. Three months later, he takes his next son. He says, go to the tree. He goes to the tree. He looks it up. Now... What's after winter? Spring. Okay, so he's, there's some leaves. You know what I mean? There's some things going on there. So he goes back and he tells his dad, hey, dad, 
the tree, I don't think it's dead because I see some leaves. I see some buds. And he goes, but it's not producing anything. So maybe we still need to take it down. And the dad says, okay. Three months later, he sends his next child. He says, tell me what the condition of that tree is. Well, now that tree is full and the tree has flowers, you know, and then, but yet the son didn't really like the flowers. He didn't really like the leaves. He didn't think it was a real pretty tree. So he goes back and goes, dad, it's got some leaves. It's got some flowers, but I really don't like that tree. You know, I don't think it's going to, I don't think it's going to produce any fruit. All right. So then three months later, he sends the first son back and he says, tell me how the tree is. He sees the tree, the tree is full of fruit, and the fruit he like, he grabbed the fruit and it tastes so good, he runs to his dad, falls to the floor. Dad, I misjudged the tree. This tree has all this fruit. We need to go and we need to collect the harvest. We need to go, we need many people to pull off the fruit of this tree. Okay, what am I trying to say? We move in times and seasons with God. We are not here to judge anybody's place and time. And it could be winter for you. It could be spring. It could be summer. It could be wherever it is. But we can't look and call something dead. It's not our place. He will call something dead. We have to be able to hear his voice, do what he says, humble ourselves in the abuse of whatever we're going to go through. Because he already says, I got your back. And you are protected if you stay on this mission. And he says, if you do it for 40 days, you might save the lives of 120,000 people. Saving one person's life is saving many lives because you didn't judge of the fruit. You didn't judge of the tree. Let me tell you something. How do you know you have shame? You won't look into anybody's eyes. You go like this. There's no love in that. How do you have rejection? You reject back. You reject back. How do you have unforgiveness? You don't forgive. You hold on to anger. You hold on to the bitterness. And you can't humble yourself to forgive a person. And see, right then, the moment you're in those actions, go to Nineveh and start reading from the beginning and go to the end. (laughs) Because he says we all get angry. Please do the last. Let's go through the chapter 4 of Jonah. And then I think we're at the end of this. How much? Didn't you like that tree story? Everybody in here is a tree that has a lot of fruit to bear. Nobody's dead. Because why? The Holy Spirit's in you. You're not a dead tree. Everybody has their time for the harvest. It's awesome. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. He was angry that he saved Nineveh. He was still what? Angry. So he did what God told him to do, and he still beheld anger. Come on, right? He was, and he wasn't just angry. He was what? Very angry. And he prayed to the Lord. He said, I pray to you, O Lord. Is not this just what I said when I was still in the, when I was still in my country? That means your plan. That is why I fled to Tarshish. For I knew that you were a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness. And when sinners turn to you and meet your conditions, you do what? Revoke the sentence of evil against them. There, I want you to think about that. If we do what God tells us to do, we actually revoke a sentence that's already been put out against a person. Can you live with yourself knowing that you didn't do an assignment and that person died because of you? 
when you could save that person and his fruit might have been 120,000 people. Doesn't that bother you? So Jonah went out of the city and sat down at the east of the city. Oh, he said, therefore, Lord, I beseech you, take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Then, see, then said the Lord, do you do well to be angry? So Jonah went out of the city and sat at the east of the city, and he made a booth there for himself. He sat there under the shade till he might see what would come of the city. Next verse. And the Lord of God prepared a gourd, which is a plant, like a tree, and made it to come up over Jonah, and it might be a shade over his head to deliver him from his evil situation. So Jonah was exceedingly glad to have the protection of the gourd, which was the tree over him. I love the tree. That tree was doing what? Protecting me. But God prepared a cut worm when the morning dawned the next day, and he smote the gourd, which is a plant, so that it withered. So God created that plant, and what did he also do? He called it dead the next morning. The plant Jonah fell in love with. A gourd is a plant that covers over. It protects. But when God created it, God took it away because that was God's timing, not his. And he said, and then the sun arose, and God, here's the scourge, prepared a sultry east wind, and the sun beat upon the head of Jonah, so that he fainted and wished in himself to die, and said, it is better for me to what? Die than to live. There's only a few more verses left. And God said to Jonah, do you do well to be angry for the loss of the gourd? And he said, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. Then said the Lord, you have had pity on a plant, a gourd, for which you have not labored, nor you made it grow, which came up in the night and perished in the night. And should I not spare Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 people, not yet old enough to know what is their right hand from their right hand from their left? And also may cattle not be accountable for sin? What this is saying is God came and protected Jonah. And when he came and protected Jonah, Jonah had more pity on that plant than he did 120 souls in Nineveh. Now I want everybody to judge their lives. Is there something in your life that's like a plant that you'd rather have instead of saving the soul of another man? When God has asked you to do something, would you rather have that comfort or would you rather have one soul that could save 120,000 souls? Now, I want us to think because I know that life, relationships, and people are not easy. But I do know one thing. If you'll go deep, he'll turn that life around. He'll revoke the call of evil on that person's life. We have the power by calling it up to God and doing the assignment. Isn't this beautiful? Man, it does. It makes you want to lay down your life for anybody. There is no life that's worth not your love. And I want everybody to remember. I like it, Kathy, because I know what Kathy's going through. I love it when you can actually see 
the beauty of what God could do in a relationship for another person. Whether it's a child, I know people in here are having problems with children. It could be marriage. It could be whatever you're dealing with, a boss. But if you're willing to say, I'm going to go do it. It's a dry land. But I'm still angry. He says, I'm going to do what? Deliver you. Jonah got delivered. But he still, even though he was mad after he did it, he did what was right, which if you watch Fireproof, he was mad because he did the 40 days and nothing happened. <laughs> but when something happened, it was three days after the 40 days it happened. And then I remember the lady said, well, what day are you on? What day of the 40 days are you on? He said, 43. And she lost it because the deep has to go deep. We have to go beyond. We are not on this earth for ourselves. But guess what? If we do it, we're going to receive what? A blessing we cannot even understand. And that, if you watch Fireproof, you'll see the, there is a great end to that movie that I would just love to tell that broke me even worse. It's not just that the couple made it. Something else happened. And it was about saving more than one life. And it was so beautiful that my heart could never change towards anybody. My heart could never not do what God wants me to do. Everybody who comes before you, you need to ask God, what's my assignment? What do I have to do? You all know it's going to have to be love. Okay, sometimes love is not talking. Sometimes love is just being there and not saying a word. So I want everybody to really think. I love it. Charlene gets it. It's so awesome. Praise God. That's the lesson tonight. In your ability to go beyond and go deeper, you are going to have something awesome happen to you this year. But if you choose Tarshish, do you know what I mean? You'll, you'll experience gold and you'll experience silver and precious metals. And you'll experience a great place. But you'd miss the power of God. And so I want everybody to think about where you are and what God has called you each to do. Don't look to another person. Deep goes deep. It's okay to have anger. It's okay to have bitter. Let him deal with you one-on-one. -on -one. People aren't to change you. God changes you. I would like everybody when they leave here to think about 40 days. And then I want everybody to think and really read Jonah because Jonah's prayer I did not read out. You want to read Jonah's prayer? Tonight before you go to bed, go to chapter 2 and read Jonah's full prayer. And then I want everybody to go think about what vows they've made in their lives. Because if you can go back and correct a vow, do it. Because in 40 days, he's going to change it. Come on up, Carrie. Praise God. What an awesome message. Man, you know, in the going in the deep... And going into the new thing that what I talked about at the beginning of the service, Jonah, not only was Jonah angry, Jonah was bitter, exceedingly bitter. Why? Because he hated the Ninevites. The Ninevites were Israel's mortal enemy. They had taken them prisoner and taken them captive. Jonah didn't want to show them mercy. He wanted God to kill them. So all through this, he's denying and staying in this bitterness and staying in the bitterness because he hated them. That's what makes us so powerful. Bitterness, the definition of bitterness is exceedingly disagreeable. 
exceedingly disagreeable in bitterness. <sighs> awesome message. Man, I, I love that, Jonah. I love that message because it's just powerful. Man, I'm excited about this message. And I know the movie. I saw the movie. Did it? Yep. So now you know what? It really is. If we, if we will just let God be God and give. Jonah didn't want to give. Don't be in the belly of the whale or the fish and then have to give. Ain't a cool place to be. How many of you have been through scourging before? I don't want to do that. Been there, done that. I want a part of it. Amen? Praise God. Stand on your feet. Father, in the name of Jesus, we seal this word tonight. What an awesome word of God from your servant tonight. Lord, I thank you that, Lord, right now we bind all anger and bitterness that's rooted in unforgiveness. Father, everyone that heard the sound of this message tonight would be convicted that needs to be convicted. That change will begin to come right now. I speak it in the name of Jesus. Father, all bitterness dies. I bind it. Father, I thank you for your protection and keeping us. You love the ones you discipline. Thank you for your presence and your awesome love towards us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.